Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Am I tough enough? Strong and stable leadership. Total rhubarb. Hell yes, I'm tough enough. Shut the fridge. Not another one. It's the Politics Show podcast. Love podcasts, hate nonsense, it's the Politics Joke Podcast, ladies and gentlemen! <laughs> Scorched Earth! Leave none alive, how are we? <laughs> good! <laughs> yeah, high energy, no, it's good. Pick it up a little bit. He had um, the same reaction as John Trickett. Like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, yeah. horror. Yeah. Love that, love that. I think it's one thing seeing and hearing it, yeah. it's another thing when it happens next to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because you, you like reconsider whether you do actually thing. love podcasts and hate nonsense. Is that why? It's always good to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reaffirm um, daily affirmations. Always. Yeah. Start your day off right. Ed Campbell. Hello. Golden Boymer. That's me. How are you? <laughs> good. How are you doing? Yeah. Good, mate. What's, uh, what have you been up to? Uh, going to shoot in the black country tomorrow. Wonderful. And uh, working out, mostly been thinking about how to shoehorn black country new road lyrics into the video. That's a wee Easter egg for any. Have you cracked that? No. Okay. They're not, they're not, not, not many. They don't actually talk about the black country very much at all in their lyrics. Mm-hmm. Mostly about like masturbating in bedrooms. Yeah. But so, might try and squeeze one of that in. <laughs> also, that's not what he asked. He actually asked, what have you been up to today? Did he say today? Yeah, he said, what have you been up to? I said, what have you been up to? So that, that would suggest that you haven't done anything today. You're just doing Watch something tomorrow. Watch Watch PMQs. No, then I said I was prepping for it. Oh, right. Thank God. Thank God. Active listener. He watched PMQs because I can't wait to talk about it. Um, Capital J journalist, Ava Santina. Hello. Hi. Hi. Great to be here. Thank you you for having me. (laughs) You've got to stop saying that. What have you been up to today? Shit. Uh, See. 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 (laughs) I did a lot yesterday. Great. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And we're also joined by the New Statesman's Harry Lambert. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to have you here, Harry. Harry, what have you been doing today? <laughs> um, I've got bad short-term memory. Uh, I think I did some work. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch PMQs. Mm. Remember it well. 
Ready to talk about it. Mm. Can't wait Excellent. to talk about it. We all can't wait to talk about it. First first one back. School's back in session, baby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Should we just get straight into it? Did you yes, see please. Lindsay Hoyle actually said that? Yes. Yeah, I did see that. Which I, I've always thought that, maybe a slightly weird tangent, but you know how the parliamentary calendar kind of quite closely mirrors school holidays? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it explains a little bit of the kind of, perhaps the sort of um, behaviour a little bit that for a lot of the, the sort of, um, you know, private school, PPE, parliament pipeline, that it's convenient for them. They don't have to remember very often because the holidays are always the same, <laughs> but that it explains perhaps some of the sort of childish, schoolboyish, Oxbridge-ish behaviour once they get there because it's just the same for them. It does always feel like school in there or what I imagine a nice there. public school would look like. like that, so. Yeah, well, not not in the chamber, but I mean, just around Parliament. It has like a boarding school Definitely. vibe about it, doesn't yeah, it? Even yeah, more holiday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, you wouldn't have guessed it, but actually, as you get older, they spend less time working. Yeah, <laughs> more holiday from from the school pipeline all the way through. Um, They're very school bathrooms as well. It always feels like that, right? Yeah, very school. Yeah, very school bathrooms. But then where I, I was didn't sitting, think that actually, I have I have taken a piss there, so yeah. <laughs> That's good. And you thought this is like school? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's like... I, I also weed at school. I don't, I don't know what the material of the, the stall is. You know, that sort of... It looks plasticky. It kind of yeah. has a white with maybe yeah. dark dappled effects. Yes. Maybe the, the feet of it are sort of black plastic. You yeah. know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. And then a row of sinks with a mirror. We've been to bathrooms before. Yeah, but the school... The, it feels like a school. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Except where I was sitting... In, in the lobby area, I was next to where all of the men go to shower after they've been cycling in. Oh. And they, so they come in and they're like, we're going shower and come back out again. And I'd be sat next to it being like, you wouldn't be able to do this in a school. That's sure. what I think. That's the so-called library of Parliament. Yes, yeah. so-called. Which is really the shower room. It is the shower room and, yeah. and me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the geography of Parliament is baffling. I think it's just, that's, that's a bizarre insight that I've actually never been so yeah, well, you've, you've also got no interest in no. going. We not interviewed someone in there when you no. were doing video stuff. No, as it, you still do video stuff. No, as about filming. No. We only did. I've only done college green and stuff. Do you want to go in? Yeah. Do you? I've asked you loads of times before, and you well, said no. Not, well, not, clearly not, not since well, my mind changed. Harry instead of yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't have a pass anymore. Oh no! Sorry about that. Well, yeah. Yeah. can bring us. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hang out, and yeah. Yeah. we can see if her friends are there. No longer. <laughs> I'm gonna go sit by the shower. That's what I do. <laughs> no longer a pass holder. Um, Liz Truss drove me out. I just couldn't cover her. I yeah. thought this woman is just she's just clueless. And then thankfully the nation agreed a few weeks later. But I was already gone by then. Yeah, didn't go back. So, <laughs> what have you been doing instead? Um, I just write pieces about things like the tax code mm. or whatever, whatever's happening. But you, know? you don't need to be in Westminster. No, 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 because it can be about other stuff as well. There's something about AI. Mm. You know. Just whatever we think we could fill a magazine with. Yeah. And do you feel, on a personal level... Liberated, yes. Yeah. Westminster's like a cross between a palace and a sort of 2000s falling down conference centre. Mm. And, you know, it's the grandeur wears off eventually. So I just thought, why am I, why am I still in here? We, we kind of felt the same way, right? You don't go much. No. No, I don't. Yeah. But... Um... That's also because when I'm there, I have a drinking problem. <laughs> I got one else. That doesn't exist yeah. outside. Cheers yeah. to that. <laughs> Fantastic. Shall we do our first clip? Yes. Yeah. Roll the clip. But it claims to be a man of detail. There are 100 parliamentary questions from this side on this issue and an opposition day motion. But, Mr Speaker, let us continue. Holy Family Catholic School in Bradford was on the Labour building list in 2010 
They scrapped it, and now children there too are in a crumbling school. Um, Mr. Holden, I think I've heard enough. No, then, this is the last time you make your mind up. You either go no or you're quiet for the rest of this. And, Mr. Speaker, if you can believe it, in April this year, the Education Secretary signed a contract for refurbishment of her offices. It's got a personal stamp of approval on it. It cost, I can't quite believe this, £34 million. Can he explain to parents whose children aren't at school this week why he thinks a blank cheque for his Tory minister's office is better use of taxpayers' money than stopping schools collapsing? Mr Speaker, what I'd say to parents is, in the receipt of new information, we have acted decisively to ensure the safety of children and minimise disruption to education, as we have laid out and communicated extensively. That is the right thing to do. And I would also gently point out to him, Mr Speaker, whilst the Department for Education started this process 18 months ago in spring of last year, as far as I can tell, in Labour-run Wales, they still don't know which schools are affected. Mr. Speaker. But again, he brought up this issue of funding, Mr. Speaker. And again, let's look back to what happened in that spending review. Because in that spending review, I increased the Department for Education's capital budget by 25% to a record £7 billion, Mr. Speaker. It tripled the amount that we spend on children with special education needs and disabilities. It improved the condition of the overlooked FE estate and it set the course for per pupil funding to be the highest ever. But it also, Mr. Speaker, crucially, invested five billion pounds to help our pupils recover the lost learning from COVID. Five billion pounds, Mr. Speaker, and he might remember that because he, we wanted pupils learning; he wanted longer lockdowns. I, don't, I think he just doesn't get how this it's all fine out there is so at odds with the lived experience of millions of working people across this country. And Mr Speaker, let's go on. This is a long list. At least, at least six schools in Essex were on Labour's building list in 2010. They scrapped them and now children there are in crumbling schools. What he won't admit is the reason he cut these budgets, ignored the warnings, is quite simple. Just like he thought his tax rises were for other families to pay, he thinks his school cuts are for other families to endure. Doesn't it tell you everything you need to know? That he's happy to spend billions of taxpayers' money sprucing up Tory offices, billions to ensure there's no VAT on Tory school fees, but he won't lift a finger when it comes to protecting other people's schools, other people's safety, other people's children. Keir Starmer and Rishi Sunak going backwards and forwards, Ava, obviously about uh, rack concrete, which I feel like maybe we expected a little bit. Maybe we saw that one coming. Mm. It's, been, mm-hmm. it's been the topic. If, I don't know. It's one of those. It felt like all of a sudden a story that materialised out of nowhere and everyone started talking about it just conveniently in time before we went back to Parliament. Well, that is the, the line that Rishi Sunak would like you to take, right? Sorry, I'm a shill. Yeah, because, shill, yeah. yeah, Sunak has said that the opposition parties have never brought it up to him before, but actually... They have brought it up before. They've even laid an opposition day motion about it. So they have been talking about it. Very good. Um, however... It's unlike him to lie. Well, the, the, the PM spokesperson says that um, he is not going to be correcting the record because he is, in, in some world, he is correct. 
So that's good. good for them. That's a, that's a good corporate, isn't it? If you could lay off of Sunak for one minute, that would be really. <laughs> Are you more chill? He's, yeah. he's, he's literally there, like doing uh, fucking multiverse theory, being like, in, in another world, this is true. So let it go. Yeah, but then Starmer didn't come across too strong on it either, right? Because he's been mm. out on the broadcast rounds. Him and Jonathan Ashworth over the weekend. Sorry, not over the weekend. Monday. God, this week is going so Dragon. fucking slow. Dragon, isn't it? Um, Anyway, so both of them refuse to commit to spending more money to fix schools, right? So it's like a really nice, easy, open goal. But they've both got this, well, the Labour Party have got this fetish at the moment about not committing to any new expenditure. So they can't commit to fixing the concrete. It feels for me, uh, you know, if there was ever to be a sort of legitimate bit of capital expenditure, Mm. stopping the roof from falling down on, on a kid... Pretty good one, I think. <laughs> what you actually don't realise is red wall voters are really pro death of their children. <laughs> so Obviously, that's what you need oh, to reckon Ed, with. I didn't think this would play in the red wall. Uh-huh. I'm such a fucking idiot. Well, it's the two-child policy, isn't it? Since they got rid of that, they need to cut down. <laughs> <laughs> that's outrageous. Um, I think, I don't know. <laughs> You've got to take it out, man. You've just got yeah. to hold it. Let's go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> For me, um, what did you see on the touchline? Yeah, exactly. So, so the vibe in the dugout is actually that this is a pretty good opportunity to make some make capital expenditure. Second, late in the second half, we'd really feel the benefits. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't. For me, spend money. This is like if there was ever a, a time to say it doesn't actually really matter what the cost is. I put name it's a not price. Very much. Yeah, not very much. whatever, whatever it could be. Put a price on it. We'll pay it because. Schools not falling down feels pretty mm-hmm. fundamental to mm-hmm. education policy. But it's like 400 million, isn't it? Yeah, the the Sunak cut, right? When he was chancellor. Yeah. There's about 40% cut in the school rebuilding programs. And it's, I think it amounts to about 400 million. I mean, that's nothing. Mm. Pocket change to you and I. Well, certainly if you gave me control of the tax system, you know, I'd, I'd, have that, I'd have that in a minute. Really want to talk about his tax piece. Yeah. Before, before we started rolling, yeah, look, we'll just talk about tax. I don't have to mention the piece. Two mentions. It's not even the rundown yet, Harry. We'll get there. We'll get there. No, for sure. I, um, it was, I found it quite underwhelming this week. I know we're meant, to, we're meant to say this is more important than how they perform and it's all about issues, etc. Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know, long summer holiday, first game back. How long can I keep doing the footballing analogies for? I don't know. No, you think they'd be up for it? Is that what you were doing? Just pet the light oh, touch. Light I don't touch. know. Don't Not watch full it. send. Yeah. Not for me. Never. Never. Really? No, Everton home in a way. It's well, it's, it's well documented. Even live football knowledge and opinions. Yeah. Never seen it. <laughs> Doesn't know what it is. Um, Harry, what were your sort of takeaways from the Sunak Starmer well, exchange? I think there's um, this, this summer was like the moment where things might have shifted, right? But instead, we come back and Labour is still 20 points up. And it does feel like the vibe has shifted. You've got Sue Gray finally coming in, mm. ready for government. So I feel like you kind of saw that at PMQs today. There's not, there's not a lot of energy left on the Tory benches. I mean, 10% of them are standing down at the next election, right? So um, anything that was going to change the narrative, you feel like it would have happened over the summer. But it's been nearly a year now. And they're just sort of passing time, right, yeah. at this point. I mean, I'm not, I'm not enamored by Keir Starmer at all, but... Uh, Rishi's not doing anything to make him feel uncomfortable. I think it, it, we're pretty close to it being exactly a year since Liz Truss was. It was today. Mm. It was today. Yeah, PM today. Happy anniversary. God, the time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. So that's so. We're, which also means we're then very nearly nearing a year of Rishi Sunak being in power. Mm-hmm. Um, About eleven months away. 
does he have does he have if he hasn't changed it in the last year can he change it in the next year before we get to a general election change what his dire polling I don't know Starmer could get more boring is that is that possible <laughs> it's not a boat loser though I'm really sorry Mo, can we put this clip in here of him talking earlier actually people might turn it off about <laughs> <We're> <laughs> we dare you I love the entire podcast it's just an exercise of being like can you tolerate you know, when, you, know, you know the TikToks that are like half like people playing GTA yeah yes. or like Subway Surfer let's yeah. split that yeah, okay. With Starmer talking. It's then. us playing chess. Yeah. And then, like, so what, then, is it, what is the clip? Oh my God, it's so boring. He's basically talking about how he would fix the concrete in schools and why he can't commit to expenditure. Mm. It feels like he's talking for 40 minutes and it's a 30 second clip. It's like you're watching it like fucking hell. And dear listener, we're about to subject you yeah. to that experience. Here we go. Uh, what you've said, you're not going to put up income tax. You're talking about being very responsible and, and disciplined uh, with spending. And they're saying that that means effectively that that spending's going to be frozen. So people here who are worried about schools or yep. sewers or the roads will, will potentially look at Labour and say, OK, you, you talk up all these things, but but things aren't really going to be very different under a Labour government because you can't afford well, to l- make l- the let me change. Give you a, yeah, let, let me rise to that and give you a clear example. What I set out um, in a speech I gave a few months ago was what we would do in relation to schools, because in many schools, we don't have teachers in the subject matters that really matter. In maths, for example, we don't have the maths teachers in place. So what we've said is that we would remove the tax break for private schools and use that money, release that money, if you like, to our state schools to recruit 8,000 or so new teachers in those subjects where at the moment we don't have maths teachers teaching maths who are qualified in the way that they should be. So we're not saying we're not going to spend any money. What we are saying is every time we make a commitment, in this case, to make sure we've got the right teachers in the right place, in the right subjects, we will say where the money is coming from, in this case, um, as I say, getting rid of that tax break for private schools and using it for our state schools. That's the approach we've taken. It's not to say um, we don't think um, any money should be made uh, made available. It's to say where we are making commitments, we are also going to have a column on the page that says where's the money coming from and how much is it going to cost. And that's the way that we'll approach all of our commitments as we go into the election. Uh, revelatory stuff. I like this where he's doing this new thing now where he when he talks about policy he goes like this to the camera new hand movement yeah I don't know I don't know why it's like that what's he cupping well your future yeah (laughs) it's right there in front of you Um, this Harry it's um, what about Ed he didn't even get a shout out Ed hello (laughs) Ed how much of what's happening here in your mind do you think is to do with sort of uh, Rachel Reeves Pat McFadden Mm -hmm. perhaps um, sort of laying, but imposing sort of pretty strict rules on the entirety of the shadow cabinet to say, do not commit to new spending when you're in the media. We have to be the iron fist and the velvet glove. And until we release our manifesto, until we provide our fully costed, fully funded manifesto, don't commit to anything because if you do, you'll scare away the people that are sort of moving towards us. Do you think that's what's going on here? I wonder if it's less to do with the people who are moving towards us. I think, and maybe more about just how the media reports on it, as well, I think, because I, I actually don't really think the public are stupid enough to think that, well, you live in Britain, and you look around thinking, oh, everything sucks, including, the, the, the school's falling down is like two on the nose. That's like, every, everyone supports the education of children, and now they are death traps. So that's like, like oh, okay, well, that, that's a really pretty on the nose metaphor for the state of the country. 
and that can't be improved without expenditure and people aren't like people aren't thick enough to it's quite i think i think maybe it illustrates quite a poor view of the electorate quite a quite a quite a lot of <clears throat> quite a lot of um, lack of faith in the electorate to understand that people people hate wasteful spending i think no one would agree mm. no one would think that this is wasteful like improving the state of schools but then you do have the right-wing press chomping at the bit to try and help the conservative party in any way like i think they're scared of a telegraph column rather than the actual opinion of the voters. But you're, think, right, you're right, I think, that, that it's so juvenile. Mm-hmm. Their impression of the public is that the public can't imagine, they can't differentiate between different types of spending or different types of, dare I say, tax. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just... That's three. That's three. <laughs> no, but it's... Um, and, and it does feel like the perfect issue to, to get them on because austerity was accompanied by a few reforms most prominent of which probably the education reforms, right? And Gove came in and cut the funding for this back in 2010. So if you want to make a criticism of austerity, which I feel like you should definitely be doing at this point, this is like the perfect issue to mm-hmm. do it over. Or even in Birmingham Council. Right. That's like cut council funding by 50%. Council goes bust. Mm-hmm. That's quite illustrative. People understand that. But like, what do you mean we're not going to do I actually think you'll find, Ed, the uh, bankruptcy has something to do with settling a three-quarter <laughs> of a billion pound equal pay settlement. So sort of the choice is financial, financial sort of liquidity and continuing or paying people equally. And you've got to choose between those two things, <laughs> I'm afraid. Do you know what help with that? 750 million more pounds. Yes. Yeah, it would. You're right. Or slavery. <laughs> or slavery. Mm. Is that an option? Well, yeah. I don't know. There was a really good, I don't know why this has reminded me of that. A guy called Mick wrote into the Metro, Mick's in Hackney. He wrote into the Metro to say... I don't understand how the pyramids are still standing, but our schools are crumbling. <laughs> I just thought that was so good. Like, he sat down and wrote that letter. You want to know something crazy about the pyramids? Mm. We're closer in time to Cleopatra than she was to the pyramids. Really? That's interesting. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's nuts. Bit of a segue. They so, still don't know how they built them, by the way. Well, if they could figure it's that out, maybe the schools would not be falling down. The how, how did they? Yeah, that's actually the correct answer to that <laughs> yeah. question. Um, Equal pay settlement at the pyramid building. It's nothing. You're all being paid nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, got. So, how did they build the pyramids? It was not like on stones, were on like rafts down the river. The stone, no. the stone float on rafts. Yeah, but the stones are huge. Big boats. Have you seen a cargo ship? That was a raft a second ago. <laughs> How far away is, is are the pyramids from the Nile? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Quite a long way. Yeah, they're not like next to them. Yeah. They have the wheel. Did they? Yeah, yeah, they had chariots. Yeah, you're right. If they built the pyramids, I think they had the wheel. You wouldn't go like... <laughs> Fucking you tell me, man. <laughs> Just asking questions. <laughs> Unless the wheels were in the shape of a pyramid. Yeah, so they are. Then that's like, why it took so long to get the stone down there, yeah. Then they eventually like filed down into like a round shape. Like, oh, this is easier. Yeah. Are you into the um, like Graham Hancock, Randall Carlson rabbit hole? No, I don't know who they are. No, neither. There's two guys who um, are convinced that the pyramids are actually far older than like archaeologists say that they are. And they think that the pyramids are an example, and there are others around the world, of um, a far more advanced ancient civilization that was destroyed by like a catastrophic weather event about 18,000 years ago. But there was this asteroid shower that like melted the ice caps, huge flooding, destroyed all trace of this previous civilization that came oh, before. But not the pyramids. Pyramids are one of the rare examples of something that survived. So Mick's question is actually all the more pertinent. Yes. Right. 
exactly. Wow. Um, there's something to do. But a big, a big trigger warning. Is that the right thing to say about this? Uh, like 99% of established archaeologists reject what these men say. <laughs> <laughs> like, it should be said. That's a really important caveat. Um, didn't stop them appearing on Joe Rogan or um, fucking no, Graham. But he's doing some discerning about his guests. Yeah, or Graham getting a Netflix show talking about this. Um, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. We need to get more outlandish. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> is that the takeaway from this podcast? If they built them in Britain, they'd probably have asbestos in the tip or something like mm. that, wouldn't they? Yeah. They actually, they, the tip used to be like metallic and shiny, didn't it? Oh, yeah. At the top of the pyramids. Did it? Yeah, it wasn't. Well, it, it was take capped. It capped. Yeah, right? I think it got nicked. Yeah, nicked. I imagine probably by us. Yeah. Or well, grave, grave well, robbers. Ava, we did build Stonehenge. You know. Did we? Wow, Do you know, I don't know anything about Stonehenge. It's What's like a complete, yeah, I know, but it's a complete <laughs> blind spot for me. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand the rituals. Why, why did, did you know they like mined it? the stone for Stonehenge in Wales? Well, no, I didn't know that because I just told you I know nothing about Stonehenge. They can't have done that. <laughs> they can't have done that. The, the, the Stonehenge <laughs> stones are significantly smaller than the stones used to build um, the pyramids. However, they also do not know how they transported <laughs> the stone from the mine to Stonehenge. A couple of theories. I'll run you through them if you want. Yeah. <laughs> I've got one. <laughs> uh, no, actually, they think they, um, say, they possibly sailed them round, round God, the coast of Wales up to seven. What? And, then, and then how do they get them inland? Dragged them, slaves. <laughs> <laughs> we used to be a fucking country. We did used to be a country, yeah. It's close to the motorway, so that must have helped. I love driving. <laughs> <laughs> I love that drive, though. I love driving past it and looking at it. I've never driven past it. Never been to Parliament, never been to Stonehenge. What do you know about this country, Edward? I'm not English. I'm not, you're... Fam famously, Scotland's not governed from Westminster. No, but you've never been to... Uh, you've never been to... Oh, go on. Blair Drummond Safari Park. You're right, I haven't. No, see? What a loss. That's Scotland's... I have, I have been to Holyrood. I have been... Do you mean Holyrood? <laughs> I love how you're trying to get out of this by just being a cunt. <laughs> That's your... Sorry, say it right. Every day. Say it right. Sorry, I love say it right. Yes, I may be uh, a political journalist who's never been to the Palace of Westminster. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't say my one right. How did they build that? Uh, probably like... PFI. Yeah, PFI. PFI. Wheels. Mm. PFI wheels. It's a, it's a deadly combination. It's right by the Thames, isn't it? Well, Hollywood. <laughs> Has anyone checked out the concrete there? There's a lot of bamboo at Hollywood, to be fair. I right. think the concrete in the... If there is any concrete in the past of Westminster, I think it predates rack by quite some... <laughs> a saving grace. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know the basement is like... It's, it's really bad down there. You can't, you can't go down there. It's full of asbestos. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And wires everywhere. Yeah, is yeah. it? Yeah. Do you remember when you wanted to... Wait, can we say this? Or are you still going to investigate it? What? what? That thing oh, in the... the rifle. Yeah, the rifle rim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got rid of it. They made it crash. Oh, you did find it? No, I just heard. It's really so, disappointing. So Harry wanted to find a rifle room that was underneath Parliament. Like 22 yards. It was, you could do shooting practice down there. Really? Yeah, seriously. That's cool. Mm. Until how recently? Until, um, I think like only about... I feel like the crash was a fairly recent advert. Yeah, right. That I think it like might have Berkeley, closed it a little bit before that, yeah. but then it became a crash. <laughs> so the rifles aren't there anymore? No. We used to be a country. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Not another one? It's the Politics Show podcast. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Every year, the SNP Scottish Government mitigates against the cruelest of Westminster policies by spending £84 million supporting hard-working families against the brutal bedroom tax and over £6.2 million covering the two-child benefit cap. Astonishingly, Mr. Speaker, we have learned over the summer the Leader of the Opposition is an enthusiastic supporter of these Tory cruel welfare policies, with U-turn after U-turn from the Labour Party. So given that the Tories and Labour are two cheeks of the same arse, offering no change, no vision, no hope, does the Prime Minister agree that the only way Scottish voters can rid themselves of these... Oh, 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 no. I'm not going to both stand up, so one of us is going to give way and it won't be me. Can I just say, let's think about language. Let's be more temperate and let's make sure that this Parliament can be proud. The pride of this Parliament will shine through, but certainly not using language. Happy to change the offending word with bottom. <laughs> Given that the Tories and Labour two cheeks to the same bottom, offering no change, no vision and no hope, does the Prime Minister agree that the only way for Scottish voters to rid themselves of these heinous policies is to vote SNP to leave Westminster forever? Yeah. Lindsay Hoyle was quite punchy today, wasn't he? He was getting involved multiple occasions. Yeah, he did get a bit, bit shirty. He always gets shirty during PMQs. Yeah. Do you think it's because he knows people are watching? Hmm. Yeah. Can't help themselves. Mm. I wonder. Because I think there's a lot of like vanity at PMQs. No. <laughs> no. I- <laughs> Mate, you started it. <laughs> you started it by talking about wheels. I'm coming for you. <laughs> That's an HR thing at this point. Um, we said it like 20 times in the last episode. I see, but I'm not about each other. Yeah, I'm escalating. Uh-huh. What, wheels? What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> um, we think about, like, if you talk about what Chris Law said arse today quite performatively you could have said two sides of the same bum. coin perhaps coin mm. bum no but then it wouldn't have worked because it's the Keegan line isn't it it's funny because Keegan said arse oh <laughs> you mean Kevin Keegan <laughs> let's not do Michelle Keegan no 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 Michelle, no, Michelle, Keegan. Michelle Keegan Kevin Keegan um, so there's a lot of like performative if I do something like controversial so instead they're more concerned with me saying arse than they are about the state of Scotland mm. it's quite like easy and bait so there's quite Blackford a lot of Blackford liked to do a bit of, like, bit of that, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Or yeah. Other, other MPs from all parties liked to do it. Who picked up the mace most recently? <laughs> was yeah. it still Lloyd Russell? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Lloyd Russell. Yeah. 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 Was it was great. like a trivia question. Like, who was the most recent MP? Tell you what, to... Paul Joe pub quiz wouldn't be a bad idea, would it? Yeah. No, it wouldn't, would no, it? No, no. Do a live podcast in the pub quiz. Don't you guys miss that 2019 
energy. Really, it was amazing. Like when there was yeah. no government and you had to just every day get a majority in the House of Commons and <laughs> independent MPs just like ran the country. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. The chaos merchants, DUP, just like, yeah. We fucked, we fucked Northern Ireland. There's still, actually at the moment, there is still no discernible government in Northern Ireland. But for one, one, one great, great month, just like fucking with Theresa May, yeah. fucking with Boris Johnson, it was unreal. Chris Heaton Harris said today he reckons that it's coming back, Stormont. So in right now. <laughs> he probably would. Have, he has to say that, right? Like I, that's the thing that you, the PS, the head of the PSNI, right, resigned. Normally, the Justice Secretary in Northern Ireland appoints the head of the PSNI. They don't have a Justice Secretary right now, so it looks like uh, the Northern Ireland Secretary in Westminster is now going to have to either appoint a, either tell a civil servant to make the appointment or make the appointment themselves because there is no. There's no fucker in Stormont. Yeah. It's mad. Well, that's what they fought for so long for, right? To have a, an English guy tell them who's in charge. That's, yeah, the DP yeah. are probably fucking loving it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what we wanted. <laughs> they would have signed up to that deal with Theresa May for free. They didn't need that billion pounds or whatever. They were just like, just happy to be in the room, that Theresa. That was mad. Do you yeah. remember that? Which is like, yeah, here's a billion quid. Yeah. Like, that's pork barrel. Uh, it's most literal, isn't it? Yeah. What do they spend it on? Unless she gave her like a billion that's pounds of pork. That's a good question. What did they spend it on? Her portrait, did you see it? Yeah, it's I probably really like it. I, mean, I like I don't, it. You don't like it? No, I really like it. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, great. I thought it looked good. Yeah, it's camp. Mm. Would we say <laughs> <laughs> she was serving cunt? <laughs> yeah. Have you done her book yet? Her whitewashing of her reputation? No, have you? I haven't actually read it, but I mean, that's what's happening, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and mm. like people are, people are lapping it up. There's are a, they? Yeah. There's a couple of memoirs like floating still. around at the moment, aren't there? There's Theresa May, Rory Stewart. Stuart, Stuart, Stuart writes a memoir like every two years. That's true, actually. Yeah. Most of his life is just a memoir. <laughs> to be fair, and... He's a friend of the podcast. If you can hear me say this sentence, like, uh, across the noise of me sucking his dick at the same time, <laughs> he has lived <laughs> quite a life, to be fair to him. And now he's, now he's got a, a podca podcast. Yeah, now he's got a podcast, like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what have we done to deserve this? Certainly not not possibly being a spy. We're doing it in reverse order. We're doing it in reverse order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to govern part of yeah. Afghanistan after this. I'm going to walk across Afghanistan tomorrow. <laughs> See ya. Um, yeah. Chris Bryant as well? That's not memoir though. That's like how... Creed. How Don Butler. <laughs> Don Butler's memoir. Oh, really? Yeah. Chris Bryant, who was what? Um, doing a really great job on the liaison committee for our numbers. Mm. Um <laughs> and has now left to go and be a junior minister. So yeah, he writes um, the Bible on standards and then departs. We've lost a few of our select committee chairs, haven't we? I know. Fingers crossed they'll replace them with some people who are decent. Yeah. I think it's quite, I think it's quite neat for Chris Bryant. You do the standards committee, you write the book, and then immediately afterwards you get a junior, you get a shadow junior minister brief. Draw the line under that. A year in, you know, shadowing and then fucking into government, job done. You know, Blade of Blinder. Yeah, I think that's worked out quite nicely for him, mm. to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah, and Darren Jones as well. He's, he's done pretty well out of this, haven't they? Basically, anyone who's managed to get in in this reshuffle, you're fucking laughing, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're in government. Unless they fuck it up. Puff and Andy. You guys probably mm. did this, right? Yeah, we, we spoke about it. I mean, we can talk about it some more. I, 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 I thought it was quite humiliating, to be honest with you, to be yeah. like, yeah, you are the Shadow Secretary of State or Shadow Minister at the moment for international development, for which there is no corresponding <laughs> government yeah, yeah. post. So, sucks to be you, I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. that's, I don't know if, is Starmer so strong that, that there's no possibility that ever comes back to bite him on the ass? I think anything can come back to bite you, but it is, it is strange how powerful he is, right? Because 
you think about the three previous Labour PMs. Yep. Blair had Brown count as a counterweight, and then Attlee and Wilson both had um, like this amazing team of people. They were just one part of. Whereas Starmer, like, I mean, he's got Reeves. I guess Reeves could become like his Brown, but right now he's got complete control of the party. Mm -hmm. You haven't really had anything like that in the Party. It's not really embarrassment of riches, is it? Yeah. Elsewhere in the shadow, in the shadow cabinet. I think that Reeves is a establishment like we Westminster like her and then the rest of the country don't know who she is so you know that YouGov polling that was a couple of weeks ago and it was like who would make a better chancellor it was like 16 and 17 percent for Reeves and Hunt and then it was 69 percent don't know I don't the, the public don't know who they are yeah it's pretty standard though isn't it right like I think general generally speaking uh, you could put you could probably put like one of those sheets of you know that you'd see like the bat like bouncers have of like people who are banned from pubs like mm. you know mm. like one-eyed john and shit like that <laughs> <laughs> mick and his mate and <laughs> and you could put that in front if it but it was cabinet ministers and you put that in front of most regular people they wouldn't be able to tell you the names of the people on the piece of paper right like mm. the actual recognition like fate of politician i think it goes prime minister a little bit leader of the opposition and after that it's basically like you know yeah, gone exactly. So, you don't think Andrew would be up there? No. Who? I actually do. I actually don't. Yeah. I actually don't think she would be. Sadiq Khan, Nigel. I think that you'd be pushing it at this point. I think a lot of people would be shocked to learn that Sadiq Khan is mayor of London. In London. Yeah. yeah. What, do, what, what do you think the. Like Boris today? was like, you know, a name. Right. I think, I think no, because people are so angry about you, Les. You think Ashley after the violence? Yeah. They're yeah. not angry about you, Les. <laughs> like, I think, anecdotally, like, in my qualitative assessment you, you and Julia Hartley Brewer when I've been doing Vox Pops I was actually asked, I was doing a Vox Pop about tax that's my mention <laughs> that's, my, that's my plug I paid for that um, and, so, um, and I, 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 it wasn't about you Les it wasn't about um, it wasn't about Sadiq Khan but people voluntarily brought up how angry they were about you Les yeah look I think there is a um, there's a minority of people who are bothered about this mm. I mean, and I'm not just saying that. That's what the polling shows. The mm. polling shows that more than half of people are supportive of you, Les. I think of that minority, a significant one, let's just say it's 30%, take a figure out the X, I don't actually know what it is. Within that, there's a very small but incredibly vocal minority who are enraged mm. by it. And so they phone into LBC. They see you on the street with a mic and they come over and talk to you about it in a way there's actually very few political issues, right? When we've been out of box popping where someone will literally walk over and be like, I want to talk to you. Mm. That's fucking, yeah. yeah. You've usually got a press gang of people into talking to you, haven't you? Um, so there is a strength feeling, but it, it infuriates me. I heard it on today, on the Today program this week. Michelle Hussein was interviewing someone and she was like, you know, I think it, may, it could even have been Starmer. And she was like, you know, you Les, that's what lost you, um, Uxbridge. And it's like, oh, yeah. it's not what fucking lost, no. lost, know, lost yeah. Uxbridge. It, 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 what lost Uxbridge was the fact it was outside of university term time and 20,000 Brunel students were not there to vote. How do students vote? Generally speaking for the Labour Party. Like, I'm going to blow your mind here. You can, you can, you can project you led onto it all, all that you want to. What do you mean lost? It wasn't their seat. Yeah. They cut the majority. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? Yes! <laughs> exactly. And, it, and, and, and it's just like, oh, um, the narrative in the media is that ULEZ is like this great popular revolt that Sadiq Khan is imposing on the population of London mm -hmm. when more than half of the population support it, a very small minority of motorists, and we can do our 
is there a war on the motorists conversation if we want to. But it's like, what, one in 10? Less than? Yeah, 9.5% of all cars. So anyway, we've, we've, we've digressed somewhat from PMQs. <laughs> yeah, we have. Um, do you know who said that thing about the ULES? Mm. Thing about, sorry, the students, the 20,000 students. Yeah. That Tory MP with I went, I went for lunch with last week. All right. The first thing he said. Yeah. He was like, isn't it great? <laughs> them not being there not, it's nuts that Desmond Queen said that <laughs> <laughs> Edward Lee said that why did you Daniel Kaczynski um, why did you go for Desmond Swain because Swainer has to be Swainer come on he's like the archetype isn't who's he? your top source in Crowbar <laughs> before this <laughs> before we did this episode because yeah. there won't be any more yeah Oh, you're looking for me to answer? No, obviously I'm not looking for you to answer. Oh, it's funny. I, yeah. just, I um, Swainer for me, archetypal Tory MP. I love him. Yeah, I love he him. kind of rules. Double-breasted suit. I got a soft spot for uh, Charles Walker. You know that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah the guy Absolutely. the pint of milk. Yeah, and the guy also did the Burko speech back in 2015 mm. when he like saved Burko. Did he? You remember that? No. It's amazing. Yeah, they tried to get rid of Burko last day of the 2015 parliament. And Walker gets up and gives this big speech about how no one had told him about yes. the plot. And how he'd rather be, what's the line? It's like, I'd rather be an honorable man than a clever fool. And he's like crying, almost crying, tearful. He yeah. goes Burko. And they save him. And then he gets to dominate Brexit debate for the next four years because of Charles Walker. Mm-hmm. But the only problem with that is I don't know if I'd like Charles Walker's endorsement because he, the other things that he has rebelled against are like Curious. the upskirting ban. <laughs> and like, has he done that? Has he? Maybe I've got the wrong person. I think you may have. I think you may do. He's a pretty, he's a pretty decent guy. Who am I thinking of? Someone Philip. You're thinking of Chopper, aren't you? Christopher Chope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Charles. Just the guy that did the pint of milk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like anti. He was like considerate anti-lockdown guy. Yeah. Um, he was so angry about. Um, he was on Channel Four News and went like nuts about Boris. Yeah. And about trust. Yes, because yeah. he was because he's retiring it. He's yeah. leaving Parliament, so I don't have to pretend anymore. Yeah. Oh, like William Mascot. Rag as well. Rag's done that as well, hasn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. I've got time for both of those two. Got a lot of time for William Rag. Yeah. Must be mm. liberalism. Yeah, I imagine so. Walker was on the Privileges Committee as well. I think he was a big part of making that uh, what it was. Mm. Maybe you should do a profile on him. Great idea, right? Yeah. Thanks. You can oh. put it under, next to your piece on tax. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell them you say it's when you've commissioned it. So yeah. that's it. That's done. It's, it's yeah. done. Yeah. It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Stephen Flynn. Mr Speaker, the public needs no reminding that today marks a year since the Prime Minister's predecessor took office. And upon her speedy departure, they will have thought that things were going to get better. But when we look at unemployment figures, they're higher. When we look at food prices, they're higher. When we look at mortgage rates, they're higher. And economic growth is stagnant. So can I ask the Prime Minister... When is he going to get off his backside and do something about it? Well, Mr Speaker, what the Honourable Gentleman failed to point out is that the amount of times I've sat across the dispatches from him and his colleagues and heard how somehow we were a laggard when it came to growth, Mr Speaker. What he didn't do is take the opportunity to correct the record today, now that the pub figures have been published, which demonstrate, in fact, we had the fastest recovery out of any European economy after COVID. Mr Speaker, you'd be forgiven for thinking that the Prime Minister thinks everything 
is all right. But let's look at his proposals for the winter when it comes to a cost of living package. Because when it comes to energy bills, his plan, of course, is to do nothing. When it comes to mortgage bills, his plan is to do nothing. And when it comes to food bills, his plan is to do nothing. So when the shadow so, well, sorry, when the Secretary of State for soon, Education soon, said soon. earlier this week that everyone was doing nothing, she was referring to the Prime Minister, wasn't she? Yeah. Stephen Flynn. Flynn, have you noticed that I, when I talk about MPs, I just put her after their surname? That's <laughs> first name. So, yeah, Flynn, Swainer. I didn't get to the Scotland bit. Starmer. Um, <laughs> I thought Flynn misfired a little bit this week. Usually he, he does the thing where he says what Keir Starmer should say, which is like something that's just nakedly political in the news and designed to set Twitter on fire. Nakedly political. Mm-hmm. He, the Blackford. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, of course. It, yeah, the, yeah. The, the SNP move. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think he fucked the delivery this week. I don't think he, he got it quite right. But then the Labour news is reshuffle. And he can't have the e- You demoted Lisa Nandy! <laughs> <laughs> have you any shame? <laughs> <laughs> what a miss! What a misstep! <laughs> You're right. He didn't ask about that. <laughs> That'd be jokes, actually. There were there were a few gags last time around, weren't there, about Ange and her job title? Yeah, there were. Yeah. But wait, that she was um, John Prescott, mm. or she was trying to be John Prescott. There was something about him. But this time. Because the only narrative that can come out of the reshuffle is that Keir Starmer is essentially like max power, like strength yeah. at his hand, untouchable as a result of it. You can't really be like, ha ha, you have seized the levers of power. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do we think of Stephen Flynn, guys? In general. Well, his contribution in the House of Commons that we all just listened to. Um, it was a little bit lacklustre, wasn't it? Yeah. Harry? I didn't get to it. Great. <laughs> oh, when you said when you said you watched PMQs earlier, yeah, you mean Starmer Sunak done? Yeah, exactly. That's that's the show. what everyone does. You show. know that no I'm one watches the whole thing. I'm trying to represent the vaguely engaged medium voter. You know, mm. I can't stay too long as a, as a professional journalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a thousand thousands of word piece about tax. <laughs> they all do that, it. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone writes blogs and then emails something to the New Statesman and hope they publish. Do you guys must get like the occasional email from like some fucking rando in like Lincolnshire mm-hmm. who like copies in the entire lobby, like producers, every Are single journalist. Are you talking journalist. about Windbag by any chance? Could be. I don't look at who sends them, okay. but I get I, I get them. So I don't think I probably get them as regularly as you do, or, or probably actually you either. But occasionally I do, and it'll be like. Sometimes if you actually open the attachment, it's like a 50,000 word diatribe about the, the intricacies of tax policy. It's sort of like, it's sort of where you draw your source material from. Hang on, that's word for word. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting way too close to home. Like, who are those guys? Interested. Concerned citizens, yeah. yeah. Concerned citizens. They probably uh, listen to this podcast. You can't start chastising people for enjoying politics, otherwise uh, we we'd have nothing exactly. left. <laughs> no, yeah, we can. Ed, Ed hates politics. That's like not it's, true. It's actually, no, it is true. You mean, it's quite a little like... <laughs> I love how much we're coming for you in this episode. Yeah, yeah. it's weak. I said to him earlier, I said, oh, look, she's leaving this breakfast That's not show. I said this to him earlier, and he was like, who is that? And I was, it was like one of the main reporters on like a news breakfast show. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, oh, okay. oh, right. Anyway, but oh, I was like, on. what? 
How do you not know who that is? Oh, I do know who that is. Oh, right, right, right. I just don't think it's like... But don't you think he, Ed represents the people? If I don't, you know, with my tax deal. <laughs> yeah. you know, he doesn't, he hates politics like most people. Yeah, fucking, uh, there's no point voting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be, I'm now Russell Brand in 2015. <laughs> and you have to convince me why voting's good. Yeah, you told me earlier he would vote Lib Dem. <laughs> No, I didn't. You did. <laughs> that, I love how that's the most offensive thing anyone said to you in this program when I literally called you a cunt. Yeah. Also, just caveat: Ava has never said a true thing about me. Yeah, uh, well, just full stop, I guess. Um, <laughs> this is unreal. Um, it's getting slightly chaotic with you here. You can't go on to me. See, it. you can't bully me. No, because then that's an equal pay issue. Yeah, exactly. and there's three of us. They want to bankrupt yeah. the company. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like Birmingham City Council. Like I'm really, so I'm here out. for that equal opportunities. You know, so that you could tick the box. Three to one. It's oh. not equal, is it? Huh? One, two, three. You. We should speak less. You should yeah. speak more. Doing a lot of heavy lifting. The floor is yours. Actually, that'll be a nightmare for them. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can carry on with that. You Go want on. me to speak? The floor is yours. About what? GameCube, okay. Politics. One thing I just say about Flynn, okay, so he couldn't really come on the rack thing, right? Because there's not a lot of. Um, why are you laughing at rack? Did you, did you hear the two words you said before it? No. What did I say? Come on the rack. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Is it just me? <laughs> I tried not to laugh. <laughs> you did, was, you now, did it. Now you made that whole thing. Yeah, I know. I didn't want to make it a thing. You brought it up. Fucking hell. Abe will be back after the break. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. What was your point? Yeah, no, go on. Talk about Stephen Flynn. No, because it wasn't very funny. And it, I can't beat Come on the Rack. There needs to be some serious analysis. I was going to say, like, he, could, he couldn't really go on the rack. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there weren't that many schools in Scotland affected, which is an indictment of the government's levelling up policy, right? Because, mm. again, they're only letting the concrete crumble in the south. You're right. That's actually a, a very astute point. Fuck off. <laughs> Get out of my pub! It's the Politics Show Pubcast. Last week, the Prime Minister stated that he was proud of his furlough scheme. I wonder, Mr Speaker, if he's equally proud of the £400 billion it put on the national debt and the inflation it's caused. Was he proud of the jobs lost, businesses closed and lives crushed due to the lockdowns? Is he proud of the increased NHS waiting list, premature deaths, and the one million young people now needing mental health support? And finally, Mr. Speaker, is he is he is he proud of the excess deaths affecting every one of our constituencies that nobody wants to talk about? And will he give an undertaking to the British public, a solemn undertaking that they will never be inflicted upon them ever again? Uh, Andrew Bridge in there, still there, still going. I enjoyed. I, I couldn't make it. I couldn't figure out who was heckling him, but someone was heckling yeah. him while he was talking, mm. being like, "You can't sit here. Can't sit with us." Where is he sitting now? Is he sitting on the? Um, he's not sitting with the Tories, is he? No. He's sitting over behind the SNP. It's, it's near DUP. It's like, near the DUP. It's like the back row of the DUP. <laughs> That's then. where he thought he fit in. Well, in bed. Hello, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be fair, they had like a bit of. Uh, That's where Galloway used to sit. Sorry, to interrupt. yeah, no, it's okay. No, they were like a. They had a bit. They were a bit of like Rose an, corner. Yeah, an alliance of dickheads during, well, Brexit, kind of COVID, not really, but his like ERG faction and DUP, right? So they're probably his boys. You're mm. right. That's probably like his home. His home boys. Yeah, but not not the shouting at him. Yeah, to move. That's horrible. Won't someone just be nice to Andrew Bridget? <laughs> I I actually think. Andrew Bridgen is, I, I'm fascinated by him. I think he's amazing. 
He's a sort you of. Think he's amazing. Yes, I do. Okay. He's the sort of MP that you'll be like, you'll be walking Speaks through. Up people like me, the unvaccinated. <laughs> 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 Did you ever get caught by him in Portcullis? I once had lunch with him. Well, wow. I won't even go to lunch. That's very strong. I, I popped over to the table, and I came away, and I was like, I feel like I've just been plugged into the mainframe. <laughs> 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 you were red pills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had to break away. It was like six minutes. If I stayed any longer, I'd have been gone. It, yeah, it was he a lot. You. Yeah, what it was? Just, it gives you just a flood of thought. Which what what was he eating? Can you remember what he was eating at the time? Um, was some color. I, I don't want to get into the guys. You know. Yeah, yeah. His dietary habits. Yeah, no. Like you know, it was more the conversation. Some things have to be kept private. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what about the conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he felt he was being forced out of the party at the time. This is when Boris was still in office. And I think Pincher actually was, was one of the guys getting him. Because at that time, Pincher yeah. had that on everyone. Mm. So bridging cut a solitary figure, which is why I was able to go up to him. Yeah. But uh, six minutes was enough for me. But not for you, Ave. Well, he, he used to corner me all the time. Like at any time I moved, I felt like he was there. And he'd be like, should we go for a cigarette? And I'd be like, well, yes. <laughs> and then he would talk to me extensively about... Um, he lost a case in court and basically oh, he yeah. was suggesting that Boris Johnson had intervened with the judge. Yeah, I think I got that as well. But the story was so elaborate and so eccentric that I was like, God, Andrew, you're really going through it here. This is incredible. Yeah. The poor me narrative of some of these people, it just boggles the mind. Yeah. Boggles the mind. I am, um, yeah. Was this pre or post vaccine harm? Was he trying to get you on the jab or? No, pre, pre. He was actually, he was all right. He was just... He was just a guy who is trying to sue his brother for taking over his company back then. You know, he wasn't, hadn't got into the... Is, not. Hadn't drank Pfizer's Kool-Aid yet. Huh? <laughs> has the criminal case been... Has it, sorry, has the case been settled? Yeah, I, I'm not prejudicing a jury, yeah. if that's what you're asking me, yeah. It's always worth checking, isn't it? Yeah. Talking about live court proceedings. Do you guys ever libel people on there? Can you libel people out loud? I didn't go to media you, school. You can't... <laughs> libel people neither do we no um, okay, that's good. he did though so he's like the arbiter of Ed, when did I libel someone no, no you, you went, went to, to you've got a fucking degree oh yeah no I did do that you, right. you, got, you studied media law yeah so I should know that when, <laughs> when, what, what can we not say when we're talking not an awful lot defamatory stuff okay libel what's stuff what's that question <laughs> <laughs> I know a good lecturer if you want to okay. uh, what if we say things so then you can tell us if we can say that or not because I think it'd be professionally embarrassing for me. <laughs> you can't say things that will damage the reputation of a person. Okay, I think we've done that today. But yeah, well... each other more than anything. No, it's no, more like paedophile. You can't call anyone a paedophile. Right, right. right. I know, you're, I know you've got that seat. list in your pocket. So <laughs> that's, that actually, in that's actually a lot like Schofield. <laughs> to David Cameron. <laughs> I remember um, that. That was so good. <laughs> what was that? The, <laughs> oh, how do you sleep at night? No, no, no. They were talking about sex offenders in Parliament or paedophiles in Parliament. And Philip Schofield had written a list. Oh my god, that was so good. Of like MPs that were so good. And gave it to David Cameron. I don't think David Cameron looked at it. I think he went, well, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. Wow. He called it up like put his phone like, Thank you, Philip. Yeah. <laughs> Do have to be careful yeah. when we make allegations like that. Some some people are just gay. And <laughs> we can't that's good. mislabel. Yeah, it was Did he do that? Yeah, he, no, no, he did. That's the response. It was oh. like, you know, some of these allegations, we'll look into them. But also, we have to be careful. That's impressive. Um, and maybe also, with hindsight, a little dig at Philip Schofield. Maybe it was a note. Maybe it wasn't a list of people at all. Maybe it was a, like a note confessing his love or something. 
<laughs> I don't think we can oh. include that. Why not? You're saying Philip Schofield outed himself as a nonce to David Cameron ten years ago. No. That's what you're saying. No, just gay. Oscar, is that allowed? No, I meant... <laughs> I'm, I'm flicking, flicking through my... Get Grace notes. Media Lore out! <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> no, I meant he wrote... It wasn't actually a list of people. Oh. He just wrote like Dave, I love you, and <laughs> handed that to him. He didn't say anything about nonsing. Right, that's good to keep saying it. Really giving, <laughs> really giving Laura a job in the edit of this. Um, interestingly, in Rory Stewart's memoir, which I'm currently reading, he admitted um, what? <laughs> <laughs> absolutely hated David Cameron. Oh yeah, yeah. David Cameron hated him. What was that about? Anecdotes. A couple of. Right? Yeah, well, apparently David Cameron was... Uh, it, he hasn't really explained the motivation for it yet. It's kind of like, um, oh, he hated me and said so he didn't want people like me being Conservative MPs. People like really, him? Yeah. What, what, he's going... What, well, because... Classism? Or no, that, no. For one of them. Yeah, there was a, there was a modernisation drive. Like, people wouldn't remember. But at the time, I don't think they'd ever been an ethnic minority cabinet minister pre-2010. Um, and... Is Rory... Eth- what? No, 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 no. But uh, David Cameron... <laughs> David Cameron's David Cameron big is an drive was to uh, sort of have more better, better female ethnic minority representation within the Conservative Party. And that wasn't Rory? No. And I think that might be what he was getting at. Ah. It's but, interesting, though, how Rory and Boris and Cameron all hate each other and they all went to the same school. Quasi Kwarteng? Oh, yeah. Kwarteng ignored Rory in Parliament, apparently. Did he? Yeah. Why? Don't know. Maybe, maybe I love to get into the not content just with wing. us interviewing him about the memoir. He's now got like five minutes of conversation on this, <laughs> <laughs> just talking about it. But yeah, for sure. Um, he, uh, but interestingly, Dav Cam's in a circle, all old Etonians, all old Etonians that Roy recognized when he went into his office and was like, We all went to school together. Yeah. But the broader MP, that's so the people he trusted in his inner circle, old boys. MPs for representation. It's slightly different, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. We have never had it so good. It's the Politics Show podcast. Anyway, how about we talk about the tax code? Finally. Yeah. I know you've been dying. <laughs> Chomping at the bit. To do this. Um, do we just hand over to Harry? I think we hand over to Harry. Yeah. I think that's a bit much, but sure. <laughs> Harry, you wrote a piece <laughs> in the New Statesman in the last week or so. I did. Tell us about it. So it's called The Great Tax Con. Mm. And the premise of the piece is pretty simple. If you actually, if anyone knew much about tax code, it wouldn't last for long. That's my basic belief. Because it's completely weighted in favor of well, wealth over work, primarily. But also richer homeowners over poorer ones. Uh, the landlord over the tenant. And anyone who does not inherit capital. Because most... Despite inheritance tax, most capitals passed on untaxed. So if you take just a few of the crazy inequities or flaws in the code, take Rishi Sunak. He's a great example of this. So, you know, there are, he's earned nearly 4.8 million over the last three years. I think about 400,000 of that is from his work in Parliament. The rest of it, about 600,000 is from other investment income he has. Um, but that's about a million pounds in income, okay? either parliamentary income or investment income. That all gets taxed pretty well, about 37% tax rate on all that money. I've got no problem with that. Rishi owns some assets and he gets an income and we tax it. The problem comes with his capital gains 
uh, assets. So capital gains is the tax you pay on any, the sale of any assets you have. So you, you, uh, you, know, you buy some stocks, you sell them for a certain price, you pay capital gains on the difference. Most of the money Rishi makes, nearly 3.8 million, is in capital gains okay, in the last three years. You only pay 20% tax on capital gains. So while he's paying a 37% tax rate on his income, you're still following at home, 37% on his income, <laughs> he's only paying 20% capital gains. Which means that Rishi's overall tax rate in the last three years is 23%. That is less than you will pay on 37,000 pounds of income. So if you're just you know, a London worker who will probably earn about 37K, like that's probably an average 37, 40K, you're going to be paying more, a higher tax rate than Rishi Sunak, who's earned 4.8 million in the last three years. That's just a small example. Should we get into others? Yeah, yeah. for sure. We, yeah. Can do, we, can, we can do it. How I think, many hours do you have? Uh, <laughs> Less than one. Um, no, uh, for me, it's this thing where you go, labor is taxed to a greater extent than wealth. Uh, there are many other injustices, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a yeah. moment. So you turn to the only other viable alternative for government, and you say, Sir Keir Starmer, it's grossly unfair that labor is taxed more than wealth. What are you going to do about it? And then... As you would say, it's the flower girl meme. Oh, yeah. Where, <laughs> yeah. where Padme talks to Anakin, and Anakin's kind of like, mm. and Padme's like, ah. Yeah. Because they're not going to do anything. Did you that. know what this meme is? Do you know what yeah, actually, I've seen it, yeah. Do you know where it's from? From the Star Wars film. How does everyone know that? Does everyone know about the Star Wars Did you not watch them? No. No what football, no Star Wars. What That's me, Vicentino. What were you doing in your youth? In my youth? In your youth. Not watching Star Wars. <laughs> I was out and about. Yeah. Reading the New Statesman. I was town. reading the New Statesman. And, and, and the egregious violations of the tax code. You can't, you can't call me a lady on the town. That's, a, that's got a completely different meaning. You said you were out. out and about. Yeah, but I wasn't yeah. prostituting. That's not what I meant. <laughs> Is that a euphemism no. for being a prostitute? No, I meant like man about town. I could, I could call you a man about town if you want. Oh, lady on the corner, I guess that's what that is, isn't it? Working yeah. girl. I still haven't gotten over... Should I, should, I, should I say that? I don't know what you're about to I, say. I, I, didn't think you, I know, and I think it's funny. <laughs> When I went to, when I was at Labour Conference last year. Yeah. <laughs> Does everyone else know this story? I go back to the hotel. <laughs> really funny. And they wouldn't let me in because <laughs> they thought I was a prostitute. <laughs> wow. That's, what? That's a lot. It's like, no, I'm staying here. And he was like, none of that is happening here. And I was like, what? Journalism? <laughs> I just didn't Sleeping. understand at all. Sleeping in the room you paid for. Yeah. How are you dressed? Well, I'd been at Labour Conference, so it's like... <laughs> <laughs> I'd been at I'd been at conference, so I wasn't right. So it's outrageous. You know. So, <laughs> <laughs> do you know? I think I actually might have been wearing fishnets. I actually think I was last year. I'd be not excusing it. Yeah, but maybe that's I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's something in it. But I I thought I I didn't understand at all, and I was so embarrassed that I just. Did you just where did you go? Well, no. Eventually, I got to go into the room. Okay. But I had to tell him like five items that were in the room so that he could prove it was my room. <laughs> you kidding well, me? So well, he went up there, walked around and was like, yeah, there are the straighteners. Yes, <laughs> yes, they are unplugged. They, yeah. they look like the photo she took of them when she walked out. Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. Um, yes. But the other thing was as well was that the room was booked by Joe. Mm -hmm. Joe. Mm. Right. Oh, right. They didn't get that. So they thought, yeah. Right. So you work. Okay, got it. Prostitute for Joe. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this big boy? Uh, Joe. Um, yeah. Harry, what are some other... Um, 
<laughs> what are some other problems with the tax code? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, oh, this is a good one. Council yeah. tax. Shit. You guys ever pay that? Yes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, if you live in London, you won't be paying much of it. Mm. Well, but if you're renting, you shouldn't actually be paying it at all. So the big, one of the biggest problems we have is that in the UK, unlike in many other countries, council tax falls on the occupant rather than the owner. So that's one thing you should just immediately fix. Like it should be a tax on your property, whereas it's actually just a tax on whoever lives there. So it gets passed on to um, the tenant. But the, the other massive problem with it is it's, it's labyrinthine in its complexity. It was designed by Michael Hesseltine in like 1991. It has all these different bands. It's extremely complicated. And, and ultimately it falls 10 times as heavily um, on poor areas as richer ones. So to give you an example, if you live in Burnley, you will pay 1.1% of the value of your home on average in council tax. If you live in Kensington and Chelsea or Westminster, you'll pay 0.1% of the value of your home because council tax hasn't really risen much in the last 30 years. But obviously London house prices have tripled um, after inflation since 1991. So there's just been this huge London housing boom, but no corresponding increase in council tax. Mm. Um, and if it does go up, the tenant pays it. So these are just two evident examples of why it's crazy. Now you could, you could change the system overnight very simply um, by just charging every home in the country half percent uh, of, of its value, right? So you just equalize the system. So Burnley pays less, London pays more, essentially. Mm. In other words, you level up the country. Oh, <laughs> very good. <laughs> Take notes. But, um, and you could cut 75%, you cut council tax for 75% of households if you did this. You could also get rid of stamp duty in the mix. You know, I've got mm. plenty of things to offer you guys in my coat pocket. We'd get rid of that. What so, you got, what you got to say about a land value tax? Into that. Well, so a land value tax is essentially what this is. Mm. So it's a proportional property tax. And you could then, you can actually take the property bit out and just charge the land, which is like most of the underlying value. Mm -hmm. But now we're getting a bit technical. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with your questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would you? Do you guys have any questions for tax about about tax for Harry? Do you have any questions for tax about Harry? <laughs> <laughs> he's been he's been stupefied by my. Um, it's the first it's the first pub, podcast I've done in a while where I've had a pint and I'm fucking buzzing. Are you? No, I feel quite good actually. Yeah. I'm worried about what I've said, and I did have a codeine it's, earlier, it's so always, I've said lots of things. It's always good to mix the water in, and you know, not always have to have a beer. Yeah. But I do. I just fucking love the taste. Yeah. Yeah, that's sick, man. But can I just say one more thing? Because I'm saying it all really calm. It's not. It's not. It's not cool. This is. This is. This is. I actually had the impression that it was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, go on. As in, like you know, <laughs> we talk about it here as like an abstract idea, but. It's crazy. People with massively much more expensive homes in London are paying a tenth as much as people in Burnley. And, you know, someone who's working every day for their income is paying far higher tax rates than someone who is just betting on shares or has other assets and they're selling them. So it's just, it's very frustrating when the Labour Party comes out, as it has done in the last couple of weeks, and says, we're not going to do anything about this. Um, they tell the Sunday Telegraph that they won't possibly change really any elements of the tax system. Mm. And they're just setting up a situation where they're going to have to govern in chains. Because if you want to spend money on anything in government, you have to do one of three things, right? You'd have to cut, borrow, or tax. Well, they're saying we're not going to tax. They don't want to borrow. So what are we going to have? Austerity? Where are we left? We're left mm -hmm. with the idea that we're going to have economic growth. Non-doms. Aren't we getting it all from that? Oh, that's three billion. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be great. <laughs> and I swear they've said that for like 10 things as well, right? Yeah, they have. Like, yeah, non-doms. <laughs> Private schools as well. Gonna lose a charitable status. Yeah, some tax there. But the best thing about the non-doms thing is that they have 
they can leave. Like they don't have to. Well, they don't have to abide by. They've got a good year now where they could go. Isn't huh? the piece? I was about to, I was about to <laughs> say a point I, le- I learned from Harry's piece, which we all should have read. Seeing as Harry's a guest on the podcast. What are you going to show me up? Is that what you're going to well, do? In, there's there's evidence that if non-dom status is abolished or people's non-dom status is abolished, they don't leave. Mm. They, stay, they, they by and large stay in the UK because why would, why would they want to leave the country that they live in? Especially yeah. when we're about to have the roaring 20s governed by Keir <laughs> These Starmer. These 20s are going to be so roaring. It's going to be unhinged it's growth. Be Weimar Germany. Champagne be... for everyone. Champagne and PFI for everyone. But that's that's the main PFI. thing. That... <laughs> <laughs> Talk about PFI a lot. But, but that's the main thing you hear, right? The rich are going to leave, the rich are going to leave. I just think, look, let the banker go home and explain to his family, his wife and his kids that they're all moving to Bern or Frankfurt. Like, I'm fine with that trade. I don't think they're going to do that. And when you had non-dom reform in 2017, which um, like changed the status of it, very few people did leave. Very few people who were paying main, meaningful tax in Britain did leave because they get more valuable jobs and lives here. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just constantly playing uh, a game of chicken with wealthy people in this country and acting like they're all going to up and leave. Mm-hmm. They have to pay slightly more tax. And again, it's not like a big tax rate on them. We're just asking them to pay equal amounts mm-hmm. as people pay on their labor. And maybe the Labour Party would be up for that. Mm. Fucking slow down. <laughs> hey, slow what down. about IR35, though? I don't know what that is. Okay, well, I was sitting next... <laughs> piece on tax. <laughs> <laughs> Which you haven't read. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I, IR35. Mm-hmm. Sat next to a, this actually affected loads of broadcasters and journalists. Is this a self employed thing? Yeah. Okay. And Philip Hammond changed it so that you could no longer be inside IR35 or outside. It's what, either one of them. You should know all about this. Yeah, yeah. But it basically means that you can pay 20% tax on it. Because you'll be being paid in capital gains. Yeah. This is my point, right? But, yeah. And so now everyone, all, all these broadcasters and journalists have had to either back pay it, like HMRC are, are, are like taken into court, like you've got to pay it back. Mm-hmm. And they're just leaving, or they're moving jobs. Any questions, Holly? Have we solved it? I think we've sussed it. I think we've, I think we've, I think we've got it sussed. It's really hot in here now, isn't it? It is. We've mm. gone too long without the aircon, so the room's warming up. Mm-hmm. I think we've gone for a pretty long time, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm banking this is about an hour. Say brother in. Jesus, mate, thanks, Holly. Sean? Sorry, guys. Bang on. Arrow two, actually. Fucking don't, don't so, doubt me. Okay, arrow two. So I was right. <laughs> When's... When someone says an hour and you go, no, it's going to be longer than that. And it turns out to be an hour too. That was not what you meant when you said it's going Absolutely to be longer. Absolutely what I meant. Right. <laughs> Very good. Um, Harry, thanks so much for coming on. Thank, Thank you, Harry. Guys. Enjoy talking to you. I think we'll have you back. That'd be an honor. Yes. You guys, thanks. <laughs> thanks Good for having one, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye. It's quieter it's at the dark, end, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's quieter at the end. Good work, guys. That was fun. Thank you. I did. I really enjoyed that. That was good. All right. That was good. Was calling you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.